Praise the Lord. Um, good morning, church. We want to welcome everyone joining us uh, in personal via stream. Amen. Uh, we trust that you will be impacted by um, today's sermon and overall our whole worship experience. Um, happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Sunday to all of you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning as we come before your word. What a privilege it is to minister to your choicest people. I ask that Holy Spirit, you will guard my thoughts. May the words that come out of my mouth be of exactitude, accuracy, and precision in the spirit. I pray that may your word come in simplicity, yet in the fullness and in the power of your spirit. Thank you for answer prayers. Thank you for the transformative effect of a Spirit-inspired message. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we are grateful to God for seeing us through the week-long uh, prayer and fasting festival that we did during the Easter or Passion Week. Every now and then, as believers, it's very important for us to reflect, meditate, and contemplate on the crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, if you've been in the Christian faith for a little bit, you have to know that these events I've mentioned, which happened in the life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, are the cardinal points that serves as the crux of our Christian faith. In fact, truth be told, these events have also changed the trajectory and our cause of man in general, hence the need for Christians to preach the good news for all to know and come to the saving knowledge of Christ. Amen. So what a travesty it is when someone will not know that his debt has been paid and yet he is living like a slave. And that's what really happens when we have understood the significance and the importance of the events of the crucifixion, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. It signifies to us a new dawn. It signifies to us we've moved dispensations from the old to the new covenant or the new testament. And it's, it signifies a fresh start in Christ. And I believe that everybody needs to hear this news. That's why it's called good news. And that is why it's called the gospel. Amen. So people do not deserve to live like a debtor. They need to hear the good news that Christ has indeed paid our debts. And in this case, I'm referring to our debt of sin. Amen. Today, we want to shift gears to what Christ's resurrection has afforded us. Uh, don't just be caught in the celebration of the events and be lost in translation. What I simply mean by that is uh, you have to really understand the significance of what we are celebrating today, which is Resurrection Sunday. So please turn with me to Romans chapter 4, verse 23 to 25. Romans chapter 4. Verse 23 to 25. And I read, Now it was not written for his sake alone 
that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and raised because of our justification. Now, in verse 23 here, it's actually a continuation of Abraham being made righteous by faith. You're welcome. It is a continuation of Abraham being justified by faith. Abraham was not justified by the law. Abraham was justified by faith. He simply believed in God. He believed in God who could give him an inheritance God who could give him a seed. And the Bible lets us know that because Abraham had such childlike faith, it was credited to his account for righteousness. So this was the concept of where righteousness from faith, from faith began before it descended into righteousness by works, which was under the old covenant and which Moses uh, superintended upon. Amen. But now... Paul is saying something very crucial in Romans chapter 4, that Abraham's righteousness, which was by faith, it was published not for his sake, but for ours. That the best way by which one can receive the gift of righteousness is to believe in Jesus Christ as his Lord and personal Savior. And Paul went ahead to say something that for us to really experience righteousness, for it to be credited to our account, it has to be imputed to the person who believes on God. And that is what the hymn there stands for. And believe in God who raised up Christ from the dead. And then verse 25 is my key verse there. It says that Christ was delivered because of our offenses, and he was raised because of justification. So right here, you see the reason why Christ was delivered to his captors. You will see why Christ allowed himself to be taken to the cross, not because he was powerless, not because he was defenseless. It was so because of our offenses. Because once upon a time, when Jesus was arrested, he said, I can command legions of angels and I'll be free. And Christ even doesn't need the help of legions of angels. Christ himself could have wrested himself out of the captivity of his betrayers. But Christ allowed it to be so. Why? Because he was delivered for our offenses. And then verse 25, the latter part of it says that he was raised because of our justification. Resurrection forms the foundational parts of the Christian faith. It's, it's not a hoax. It's not a myth. It's very viable truth. And the Bible lets us know that Christ was resurrected because of our justification. And that is good news. So based on this, this morning, I'm talking on justified. Amen. Now, what is justification? Justification is God declaring us righteous by acquitting us from all our guilt, 
our sin and our shame. And when he delivered us from that, we also had the ability to walk free, free of every punishment, especially the punishments that has to do with eternal death. And when I talk about eternal death, I am talking about separation from God. It was a big deal in heaven when Christ resurrected. Why do I say that? I say so because it was for our justification. Just like the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 4, verse 25, Christ was resurrected because of our justification. And that is why today you and I are here. And like I say, justification is the act of God declaring us righteous and expanding us from every guilt, sin, and shame that we can walk free, free of every punishment associated with sin and shame. So you and I walk free. We are not guilty as charged, and that is justification. And for that to become permanent and binding, it needs be that Christ didn't have to stay in the grave but he had to resurrect for our justification, which is great news. I just love it. Now, where does this term justification comes from? It was a legal term. It was used in the Jewish courts of law. In fact, it was when an attorney represents a guilty client and the attorney is able to defend the guilty client to the point that the charges are dropped. In the Jewish course of law, we will say he is justified. So Paul took that legal term to explain who we are. He used that picture to talk about us that we were sinners, born in sin, shaped in sin, conceived in sin. Why? Because of the father of the human race. We were all hurtling down the road of destruction all hurtling down the road of death. We were on our way to hell. But Jesus Christ, who was sent by God, became the sacrificial lamp of the world. And that was what John attested to when we read John chapter 1. He said, Behold the lamp of God, who takes away the sin of the world. And why did Christ come? Christ came because God loved us. We didn't deserve love. It was difficult to love us because we were sinners. It was difficult to love us because man was rebellious. It was difficult to love us because man didn't like God. Man didn't retain God in his knowledge. Man, man was dead in his trespasses and sins and was walking according to the course of the power of the air. But God loved us. God, rich in mercy, sent Jesus Christ, who is part of the Trinity, and he became God the Son, came on this earth, put on the form of man, and he became the sacrificial lamp of the world so that you and I, our sins could be atoned for. This is the essence of justification. And this is the price of justification. And that was the picture. We, we, our, our case was worse than a guilty client's. There was no defense attorney that could fight our case for us. But Jesus had to lay down his life. It wasn't even a testimony. He had to shed blood so that you and I could become free. 
Hence, being called the righteousness of God. And that is the picture of justification. Being declared righteous. And when we are declared righteous, it means we are expunged from every guilt, every sin, every shame, and we walk away from the consequences. The consequences is spiritual separation, which is eternal death. We don't get to taste of that because Christ tasted that on our behalf. And that is the essence of justification. God declaring us righteous. Somebody will say, I get the picture, but what is in it for me? How does this affect my Christian experience or my work with God? Go with me to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Amen. Now, these two verses of Romans chapter 5, they talk to us about the benefits of justification. But before that, it's very important for us to highlight something about justification. It says that, for this reason or on this ground. That's the meaning of therefore. Justification happens on the basis of faith, not works. When we are talking about justification from a biblical point of view, it happens by faith. And when I'm talking about faith, faith is believing in the Son of God who came to die for us. That is how one becomes justified. That is how one is declared righteous by believing in the Son of God who died for our sins. Justification is not by works. There is no amount of works that is considered good to merit justification. So justification is by faith. It's believing in the Son of God. And like I said, there is no human work, no human efforts, that will be good enough or that will make us justifiable enough in the sight of God. Like we read in our Bible study, the scripture in Isaiah, where it talks about even our good works are like filthy rags. We have to understand what God has done by sending his son Jesus Christ to come and die for us so that you and I could be declared righteous why? Because Christ has died for the sin of the world. He has shed forth his blood, become the atoning sacrifice for you and me so that you and I could be justified. We've been declared righteous. 
And for this reason, Apostle Paul is saying that Christ had to be raised for our justification. It had to come to a place that our justification, the status of us being justified, had to be legal, it had to be permanent, it had to be binding. We had to come to a place whereby God will shout from the corridors of heaven that we need not do anything if we are sinners to come to him. But we just have to believe in the Son of God whom he sent to become our sacrificial lamb that through him we are declared righteous. And that's the price. Believe. So justification happens by faith. It doesn't happen by works. Christ became the sacrificial lamb for our sins. It's the basis, it is the central theme of justification. We've been declared righteous. No human works or efforts can merit that. And we thank God for that. Because how would we have been able to be righteous? Under the Old Testament, they tried to fulfill the law by obeying the commandments of the law, but they couldn't. In James chapter 2, the Bible says that if you are guilty of one commandment, you are guilty of all. There was no way possible man could merit the righteousness of God until Christ stepped in and thank God for Christ. And that is why he is called a savior. He is not called a savior after the manner of Moses because he came to deliver Israelites out of physical slavery. He is the savior or the Messiah because he came to deliver us from the spiritual slavery of sin and death, which is spiritual separation from God. So thanks be to God. Justification is by faith. Now, look at the benefits as they are being enumerated from verses 1 to 2. We have peace with God. So when we consider ourselves justified, which comes on the basis of believing in the Son of God, Jesus, who came to die for the sins of our world, we have peace with God. And peace with God here, it speaks more of relations. It's not talking about peace as a virtue, but relations. Sin doesn't have to come between man and God because God is reconciling the world to himself. And how is he reconciling the world to himself? He is reconciling the world to himself by his son's sacrifice. When Christ died on the cross, and just like we commemorated Good Friday, The world is good enough to be accepted by God. That is why as a Christian, you and I don't have to keep quiet about the good news. That is why we call the gospel good news. God has reconciled the world to himself by sending his son Jesus to die for our sins. And like Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 4 verse 25, Christ was raised up because of our justification. 
And this is why the gospel is good news. And this is why the gospel merits audience. This is why Christians, we cannot keep quiet. This is why Christians, we have been called ministers of reconciliation because the Bible lets us know that when we have experienced this justification, we have peace with God. Sin now doesn't have to become the chasm between God and man. We have peace with God. And everybody who is outside the cross, everybody who is outside the kingdom needs to experience this gospel so that they will experience peace with God. Peace relations. God has reconciled the world to himself. We are good enough to approach his presence. That is why today we don't need an intermediary. In the Old Testament, you had to be a priest, you had to be a prophet to become some sort of an intermediary, a spokesperson, and and sort of become the bridge between man and God. But thanks be to God that Christ became the mediator and he has abridged that chasm that existed between God and man because of sin. The sin that became the chasm has been taken away by Christ's becoming the sacrificial lamb. And that's why John says that he takes away the sin of the world. And when he took away the sin of the world, that chasm that existed between God and man has now been abridged. We have peace relations with God. And that is why Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16, that scripture is possible for us to quote that we should come to the throne of grace boldly. You couldn't come boldly. Not possible. How could you come to church today and come boldly and sing songs of praise? You couldn't come boldly. And when, and when the Bible is talking to us about the throne of grace, it is talking about the holy of holies. That in the Old Testament, people could just go once a year. Today, we don't just go once a year. We have access 24-7, 365 days, 366 in a leap year. All the time. We just come boldly. Why? Because the chasm, the bridge that separated us between God and man has been abridged. And that is the essence of justification. And that's why we don't have to take worshiping God for granted. That is why we don't have to take reading the word of God and then the Holy Spirit speaking to us and giving us revelation and insight of the word, we shouldn't take it for granted. That is why we don't have to take the gifts of the Spirit for granted, like speaking in tongues. Why? Because we have access. And why do we have access? Because we have peace with God. The chasm, the the chasm of sin, that served as a bridge and that served as a gulf, it has been broken, it has been taken away, by Christ dying on the cross. And he is the mediator of the concept of justification. Oh, we've been justified. Today you and I can worship the Lord. You and I can pray because we have peace with God. We've been justified. And when we've become justified, we have peace with God. And ladies and gentlemen, don't keep this message to yourself. 
a worldly person, someone who hasn't received Christ, needs to understand that God is reconciling the world to himself. And how is he reconciling the world to himself? Through his son, Jesus. And because of that, we have peace with God. People need to hear this message. People need to understand this message. And when they understand this message, it brings in them a certain boldness to approach the throne of grace. Where we will obtain grace and mercy. Because of justification, we have peace with God. And when you have peace with God, that is how you gain the peace of God. You can't experience the peace of God which passes all understanding when the peace relations with God is not fixed. And that is why a relationship with God is important. It's imperative. If we want to get the peace that passes all understanding, like Philippians 4 verse 6 to 7 says, this peace is what will guard our hearts. It is what will guard our minds. If we want to get this peace that passes all understanding, it is antecedent on having peace relations with God. This peace is not given by the world. And when Jesus was in this world, John chapter 16, he said, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world give. Because this peace comes on a platform. And it comes on the platform of being a disciple. He was talking to his disciples. He said, my peace I give. We can experience the peace of God that passes all understanding. The peace that guards our hearts and guards our mind. Like Philippians chapter 4 says, by having peace relations with God. But how can you have peace relations with God if you are not justified? And justification comes by believing in the Son of God. Justification is by faith. The second thing, we have access into the grace of God. In verse 2, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace which we stand. Grace here speaks of favor. It speaks of goodwill. It speaks of divine empowerment. If you want to live this Christian walk of faith, grace is a game changer. If you've not understood grace, if you've never tasted of grace, you will never understand how pivotal it is in this Christian walk of faith. We come to a place where we experience the favor of God. We come to a place where we experience goodwill. Goodwill happens based on relationship. And I hereby tell you that Christ has performed everything necessary to satisfy the demands of God that today you and I can have goodwill with God based on relations. When Jesus came in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, and he opened to Isaiah 61 to preach, one of the things he said, the last thing he said, is, I came to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The acceptable year of the Lord means we are favored. It is a season of grace. 
because we have been justified. Grace is divine empowerment. May you receive divine empowerment to overcome that sinful habit. May you receive divine empowerment to kick sin out of its sockets. May you receive divine empowerment to live a holy life. May you receive divine empowerment to live a pure life. May you receive divine empowerment to do that which your natural strength cannot do. May you receive favor from God because you are God's favorite. We can only be favored because we are favorites. And we are God's favorites. The Bible lets us know that when we've been justified by faith, we have access into this grace. And I pray that may each and every one of us listening to me by person or by stream, may we come into contact with this grace, this, this grace which we God has given us access based on the grounds of justification. May we experience this favor of God. May we experience this goodwill of God. May we experience this divine empowerment of God. Because when grace comes into the picture, grace changes the game. It changes how we approach God. It changes how we serve God. It changes how we approach things because when we have understood grace, this is our testimony. In him we live, in him we move, and in him we have our being. That is the product of grace talking. For we have been saved by grace and and through faith. It is not of ourselves, but it's is the gift of God. When you've come to understand grace, you come to a place where you give him all the glory. I pray that may you come to a place where you will have contact with this grace because when you have contact with this grace, your Christian work of faith with God will change. Grace. Grace speaks to us about God's gratuitousness. When you understand grace, it is very easy to tap into spiritual gifts. It's very easy to tap into the gifts of the Spirit because we are talking about goodwill here. Do you know why some people struggle to receive the gifts of the Spirit? Like speaking in tongues, gifts of healings, working of miracles. It's because you haven't understood the grace. The day you understand the grace, you understand that it is God's gratuitousness. It is God's generosity. It is God's goodwill and good pleasure for him to bless you with gifts that will help you to evangelize and make an influence in your society. And the third and the final thing, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. I love that. The last sentence of verse 2 talks about we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And what is the hope of the glory of God? Resurrection. Christ resurrected so that we could also partake of resurrection. On the last day of this age, we will experience what is called the resurrection. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The Bible lets us know that this mortal body will drop. It will put on immortality. This corrupt body will drop. It will put on incorruptibility. And within a twinkle of an eye, we shall change. Beholding the image and the glory of God. 
That is the glory. That is the glory we look forward to. And thanks be to God that Christ resurrected because of our justification so that we can partake of the hope of the glory of God. Look forward to it. There is nothing more glorious than partaking of the resurrection. There is nothing more glorious. A car cannot beat that. Living in a mansion cannot beat that. And we are not saying living in a nice place is bad. We are not saying driving a nice car is bad. But the Bible also says that what will you gain? What will you gain if you have the whole world and you lose your soul? There is a day coming called the resurrection. Christ resurrected so that you and I can partake of resurrection. Meaning, he resurrected for our justification so that we can look forward with boldness on the day of judgment. One of the, re- one of the ways by which we can know if you have not understood the concept of justification is if you don't know if you die today, you will go to heaven or hell. Because the day you understand the concept of justification, for to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I look forward to the resurrection. Because those that have died in the Lord and those that are here, all of us will be caught up. And in a twinkle of an eye, the Bible says that this mortal body will drop and put on immortality. This corrupt body will drop and put on incorruptibility. I look forward. We will have glorified bodies. This is the hope of our glory. We rejoice in the hope of glory when we understand the concept of justification. So justification has three benefits as we've read in Romans 5 verse 1 to 2. We have peace with God. We have access into this grace of God and we rejoice in the hope of glory. So in conclusion, we have seen what justification from a biblical point of view is and the root word of justification and the benefits of justification. It is my prayer that this truth will make you stand fast in the liberty of the Spirit. I pray that may this truth change how you will walk with God from today. May this change the trajectory and change the course of your Christian experience. For some of us, our Christian experience has become too mundane, too dry, too boring. But I pray that as you have understood the significance of the moment today, Resurrection Sunday, may it change. And may you come to a place whereby you will give God all the glory and thank him for paying such a hefty and a heavy price. Christ resurrected because of your justification. He paid for your justification so that today you and I can stand in the presence of the Lord covered by his blood and we are not guilty. You know why? Because we believe in the Son of God. And ladies and gentlemen, this message has to be noised abroad that 
God has reconciled the world to himself through and by his son, Jesus Christ. And if you believe in him, you will be declared righteous. My prayer is that this message will be noised abroad so that people will come to the saving knowledge of Christ. The essence of resurrection is that we should go out and let people hear the news on justification. Romans chapter 10. How would they hear without a preacher? How would they hear the gospel? People need to hear the gospel. There are tons of people who are working like debtors, enslaved to sin, not knowing that the price has been paid, the penalty of sin has been paid. But we who have experienced the light need to go out there and let people know. We have been justified by faith. Thanks be to God to those of us who have been justified by faith. But we don't rejoice there. We also have to think about those who are outside the kingdom, outside the light of God, outside the church of God. They all need to come to this realization and this concept and this truth that we have been justified by faith. Why? Because God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be the atoning sacrifice, to be the payment, to be the penalty of our sin, that we don't have to suffer the wrath of God, and that whilst we have been declared righteous, all because we believe in his son, Jesus, we can go out there and pass the message on. May our Christian experience change from today because we have understood we have been justified. Today, you and I have access into the presence of God because we have peace relations with God. Can we begin to thank God? Can we begin to thank God? We have peace relations. Can we begin to thank God? Can we begin to thank God? Kado bosi kahanto ni madosha bayade kalido sibanto ni madika rabosa badabosia. Yes, Lord. Can we begin to thank God? We have been justified. Take advantage of your access this morning and go into the presence of the Lord and say thank you to him. His son died for your justification so that you will be declared righteous and that you will not have to pay the consequences of your sin, which is eternal separation from God, death. Thank him. Thank him. You have been declared righteous not because of works, because works would have disqualified all of us. We've been declared righteous because we believe in the Son of God who has become the final payment of our sins. He became the perfect sacrifice. And the Bible says in Hebrews that after him, there is no longer sacrifice for sins because Christ has become the perfect sacrifice 
He's become the final payment of our sins so that you and I could be justified. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We want to thank you this moment. Thank you for the cost of redemption by sending forth your son. And thank you that the spirit that lives in us, that quickens our mortal body, is that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And he was raised because of our justification. We worship you, Lord. Thank you for what you've done. We receive your word with humility. We receive your word with meekness. Thank you. May this engrafted word mixed with faith profit us. Above all, may we run with this message, letting the world know that a Savior has paid the price for reconciliation. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.